What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate. Chevron 7 locked. Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. This is episode 148, and we'll be talking about Stargate SG-1's episode Death Knell. Death Knell. We're an independent podcast, and you can help keep the thing independent. I say it like that. Let me just read it here. We're an independent podcast. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so at patreon.com slash walking through the Stargate. We have tiers and privileges and stuff. Zach will tell you more in a bit. And one of the privileges is that we make some Patreon first podcasts like the other side of the gate where Zach and David talk about spoilery things and big picture concepts. Zach and I also make Stargate second chances where we rewatch episodes based off your votes. It's a lot of fun, but don't worry. All our content eventually makes it to the main feed, which you have found. There we go. That, that, that's that, there you go, friends. That's that. Those are the words. <laughs> Those are literally every word right there. And That's so true. I try to spice it up all the time. But hey, only you know that now. But hey, you can you can share this around if you have friends of yours. Should I read just should I just read the next paragraph? Oh, you might as well. You're, you're on a roll. And if anyone in your life wants to listen to excellent Stargate podcast content, you can recommend our show and tell them they can find us on Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and my personal favorite, any podcast aggregator. They can search for Walking Through the Stargate and find us. Wonderful. There you go. Oh. <laughs> Hey, friends, we're doing something weird. We're recording on a Friday evening. Yeah. And so, um, you know, as is, as we are wont to do, Zach and I, uh, whenever the uh, whenever the clock reads in the post-meridian, uh, we turn into old people and we just get a little bit more mellow. So um, maybe that's there, an artifact there. There's a great deal of truth in that because we are, are not spring chickens anymore. No. And I just got done driving an hour home, so, you know, that's uh, fun. You know. And I'm at my office. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, in any case, Brent. Yeah. If all of those people who just listened to us wanted to contact us. Yes. Or if they had friends who wanted to contact us, they could do that by emailing us at walkingthroughthestargate.gmail.com. Good job. Good. I totally, I, I don't know if I fumbled the ball. I wouldn't necessarily say I fumbled the ball, but I ran the play that everybody was expecting. And you're the playmaker right now. You're just, you're just. I, you know, I, I picked up, the ball was on the ground and they picked it up and it was a yeah. live ball. So I ran with it. Yep. You're running. Carry on. So uh, there's also the Twitter at Stargate Walking, the uh-huh. Mr. Elon Musk first. Uh-huh. Uh, so uh-huh. if you want to participate in the Musk verse. <laughs> You can do that by going to at Stargate Walking and talking to us there. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like the Musk verse, but the Zuckerberg verse is your thing, Facebook exists, and we're on Facebook. That's at Walking Through the Stargate. We have a Facebook page and a group, so click all the buttons for all of that. Uh, if you just want to get some general information about who we are and what's going on, you can go to WTTS.space. Space! And you can check us out there. Um, and if you just want to have fun conversations with lots of different people... Uh, who also love this show, go to the discords. Yep. Uh, you can check out the website for the link for that, and then mm-hmm. you can get all of that fun stuff. And, of course, as Brent said in the opening, if you want to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash walking to the Stargate, mm-hmm. and you can support us there uh, and get instant access to all of the stuff that we have done up to this point. That's right. So, Brent. Yes. Shall we dig into... Death Knell. Yeah, let's get into this. All right. Uh, the director for this episode was Peter DeLuise. Mm-hmm. This is his mm-hmm. seventh of seven directing credits this season. Mm-hmm. He did Fragile Balance, Orpheus, Lifeboat, Enemy Mine, Evolution Parts 1, and 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is also the teleplay for this episode, and this is his fourth 
teleplay credit this season. Uh, he did Orpheus, Enemy Mine, and Evolution Part 2. He also got a story credit for Fragile Balance, which is not part of that four. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, th- this is Peter DeLuise's, uh final saying this season. Yeah. And there he goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have several guest actors to talk about. We have Carmen Argenziano, who is Jacob Carter slash Selmec. Mm-hmm. We actually get to talk to Selmec today. Which- yeah, it was. That was nice. Uh, we have Gary Jones, who plays Sergeant Walter Harriman. Mm-hmm. We have Eric Brecker, who returns as Colonel Reynolds. Mm-hmm. We have Dan Payne, who plays the Cull Warrior. Yep. And, uh, and Dan Shea, who is Sergeant Siler. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Sebastian Spence, who plays Delic. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is most notably recognized... Uh, oh, here we go. So this is the... IMDb mini biography written by Ruth Hill. Okay, okay. Sebastian Spence is most notably recognized today as Cowboy Cliff Harding in Hallmark Channel's original television series, Cedar Cove, Mm -hmm. based on the books by (laughs) award-winning author Debbie McComer. The series began in 2013. Yeah, all right. Not to be typecast, Sebastian has become one of the most sought-after actors in Vancouver, B.C. Mm. While science fiction is a preferred genre based on his impressive resume, it is clear to see that he can take any role he is given and give the same kind of impression, impressive performances that he has become a hallmark that has become a hallmark of his career. Ah. His versatility could be considered practically legendary. Hallmark of his, is that why he's on the Hallmark Channel? Well, it's legendary. Well, because of the because of his hallmarks. Well, well, naturally. Oh, is that way? Okay, okay, just checking. Okay, great. You know, when <laughs> when you have hallmarks, uh-huh. you should be in the hallmark space. Oh, which is the... gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, sweet. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> Sebastian's first IMDb credit came in 1992 in the TV movie. The Boys of St. Vincent, 15 years later, ah. and he played Kevin Reevy, age 25. Oh, okay. Uh, so that is Sebastian. We have Mark Gibbon, who plays Mzell, uh, or Mzell, Mzell. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it is worth noting that his name is actually never uttered in the show, but it's still Mzell. Gotcha, okay. Uh, it, his name. He is named after uh, the... I think I maybe I wrote it down earlier. Later, uh, uh, the assistant director Bill Mazel uh, gets okay. uh, is where this character's name comes from. Um, okay, uh, Mark Gibbon is known for the Chronicles of Riddick in two thousand four, Man of Steel in two thousand thirteen, and The Sixth Day in two thousand. Mm-hmm. He played. Uh, now, here's an interesting thing. So, remember way back, way back in the day when we have episodes like Thor's Hammer and Thor's mm-hmm. Chariot, Thor's and we thought Thor Chariot. was still a Viking. No, it was well, Thor's hammer. Thor's hammer. I don't know. I can't remember which one I did the thing. Thor's whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In any case, the Thor that we saw in those episodes, the big mm-hmm. Viking guy, yeah. was actually played by Mark Gibbon. Oh, yeah. Okay. Nice. So, there you go. Uh, Mark also has an Atlantis credit. And we will see Mzell or Mazel or whatever we want to call him again. Nice. We'll see him again. He'll be back. So, hey, um, remind me briefly. Uh... Viking Thor must have been voiced by Mark Gibbon, right? Yes. Because, yeah, because Michael Shanks voices Asgard Thor. Correct. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when he and like, I think I think yeah. way back in Thor's Hammer, I made some sort of quip about uh, Daniel Shank or Daniel Shanks, Michael Shanks, <laughs> <laughs> Michael Jackson. Wait, uh, <laughs> that name's already taken. <laughs> oh, wait a second. No, uh, um, voicing Thor and uh, it, whatever I said, whatever was implied. Uh, the reality is that Mark Gibbon was the voice and the person of yeah. Thor, the Viking. Yeah. Uh, however, when we get to Thor, the Asgard, that is, of course, Michael Shea. Yes, yes. Okay. All right. Sorry for interrupting. Carry on. No, you're fine. And now, Mark's first IMDb credit came in 1993 in the TV movie Ordeal in the Arctic. Oh, my. He played Master Seaman Douglas Monty Montgomery. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Douglas uh, Montgomery reporting for duty, sir. Sure. Absolutely. Are you sure it's going to be an ordeal? Aye, sir. I am ready. But it's going to be in the Arctic. I am freezing and ready. All right. So Major <laughs> Green is played by Nels Lennerson. Briefly. <laughs> Briefly. Well, no, I mean, so Major Green doesn't die. He's. Wait, which he, one was it? Who was the kid ma- that came in and got. Oh, uh, I didn't half. actually mark that down, but he was like, you know. Private First Class Johnson or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, I got my characters mixed up. Anyway, all right. Major all right, Green. So uh, this is the major who has the gash on his face, and he's like, yeah, yeah, well, we're the yeah. only ones that... And then he's like, yep. am I in trouble? Yeah. And he's like, you know. Uh, anyway, he was born in 1972 in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's in Canada for all of you people who don't know. <laughs> Carry on, carry on, carry on. Uh, he is known for Apex in 2021, Horns hmm. in 2013, and Cold Pursuit in 2019. Hmm, okay. So, his first IMDb credit came in 1999. In the TV series Strange World, mm-hmm. he played Welch in the episode Down Came the Rain. Okay, great. Yeah, that, that, that's all I got there. The original air date for this episode was February 6, 2004 in the U.S. and January 27, 2004 in the U.K. Mm-hmm. Number one on the charts in the U.S. on uh, uh, the U.S. date. In the U.S., we are still listening to Hey Yeah by mm-hmm. Outkast. Mm-hmm. Hey Yeah. Hey Yeah. Uh, and in the U.K., uh, we were like, mm-hmm. Take Me to the Clouds Above by LMC. Mm. Okay. I don't know that song. I don't know that song either. Apparently, it's actually LMC versus U2. And oh. I was doing a little bit of research on this song. And he's like taking like different pieces of different songs and mashing them up together and then doing his own thing and, and such. And, gotcha. Okay. All uh, right. You know, okay. And, and speaking of mashing things up, it's the Barbershop 2 back in business. Because why not? Barbershops, why not? you know, what they, they, they mash up cutting hair and singing songs. <laughs> and let's be honest, if you actually get that done, that's a miracle. Oh, boy. Oh, nice. Uh, and okay. my jokes yeah. are so bad, I'm going to be served. Oh. And then you'll say, you got served. I sure would. You got and served. I'll say, well, along came Polly because Polly was the one who forced me to do all of his stuff. Okay. I have no idea, but yeah. it's all because of the butterfly effect. Okay. I'll allow it. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea, but it's all because of the butterfly effect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's, that that stands up. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! 
<laughs> okay. Oh boy. All right. So. <laughs> So, um, what was happening about this time? On February 5, this would be one day before this episode aired in the U.S., 23 Chinese people drown when a group of 35 cockle pickers are trapped by rising tides in Morecambe Bay, England. Oh, wow. Oh, no. They are able to recover 21 bodies. Oh, dear. But uh, apparently they, they did not get all of them. That just doesn't sound like a good idea. No, that's still, that's a bummer. Um, on February 5, also, rebels from the revolutionary Artabonite Resistance Front capture the city of Gonave, hmm. uh, starting the 2004 Haiti Rebellion. Ah, okay. I don't remember any of that. I sh- I'm not. Good. I vaguely remember the, yeah. the 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 political troubles in the early 2000s in Haiti. Fair enough. On February 6th, Princess Louise of Belgium was born in Wallowy Saint Lambert, Belgium. Gotcha. So, uh, welcome to Princess Louise to the world on this day. Oh, February. Uh, two days after that, on February 8th, was the NFL Pro Bowl. This is when the NFC people and the AFC battle it out to see who is the ultimate winner. This was way back still when they were doing these <laughs> Pro Bowls in Honolulu, yeah. uh, Hawaii, at the Aloha Bowl. This is also when the NFL Pro Bowl happened after the uh, the uh, pro the Super Bowl yep. uh, because you know they wanted people in the Super Bowl to be able to play and then they realized that nobody liked the Pro Bowl because it's kind of dumb and nobody really went and watched it and so if they put it the week before the Super Bowl then more people would watch it because they were kind of in the groove waiting for Super Bowl. but anyway yeah. uh, the NFC beats the AFC fifty five to fifty two Mark Bulger the quarterback for the St Louis Rams is the MVP oh very nice um. And let's see here. In addition to the Pro Bowl, which is the kind of the all-star game of the NFL, the NHL had their 54th annual all-star game also on the 8th mm-hmm. at Excel Energy Center in St. Paul, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. The East beats the West 6-4, and the MVP is Joe Sackick mm-hmm. from the Colorado Avalanche. Mm-hmm. Well done. There you go. Uh, I have just a little bit of trivia, not a whole lot, because there's okay. not a whole lot here. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, Mazel uh, is named after the director Bill Mazel, mm-hmm. the assistant director. Um, the scenes taking place around the Stargate and the Alpha site were shot at the reclaimed gravel pit of the Lower Seymour Conservation Reserve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looked like uh, a gravel a, pit. We've, we've been placed it. Now, here's an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. That was an area that was actively being demolished. Trees were being, you know, yeah. knocked over and all that stuff while they were, like, prior to the show. Mm-hmm. And that was one of Peter DeLuise's uh, influences on this episode. Because he's like, well, if they're tearing it down, why don't we just say that there was a big giant bomb that went off there? And that's why everything is torn apart. Oh, I see. So the bomb part was less. I mean, I guess it was it was a big part of the episode, but not like a big part of the episode. Right. Gotcha. But nice. That whole piece was was put in there. Yeah. Um, for that. Also, struck bombs. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, this episode was filmed concurrently with 
several other episodes. Um, Amanda Tapping was working on Death Knell, Grace, and Chimera all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so, gotcha. like, like in this episode, there's day one, and she's working. She's in the mud, and she's all gross, and she's injured and she's on the you know this on site for things the next day she's all cleaned up and shooting shots of uh you know dancing with david deloise and such yeah right um and then the next day she's in the prometheus dealing with head injury and head traumas and such yes yeah um dang yeah and then also uh i probably could have put this up there with sebastian spence he is apparently Best known for playing Lieutenant Noel Narco Allison in Battlestar Galactica. Huh. I was realizing the other day that it has been a very long time. I've watched the miniseries a few times, being all yes. like, I'm going to watch Battlestar Galactica again, and then I don't. Yep. It's been a long time since I've seen a lot of those episodes. <laughs> I, I, I was just thinking, Brent, you know, after we have finally finished the entirety of the Stargate saga. Yeah. And if we want to continue to do something stupid like this, <laughs> we could do Battlestar Galactica. Have you seen Battlestar Galactica? Yeah. Well, it wouldn't be exactly like this then. Would it, it wouldn't be exactly like this because, you know, Brent, don't you remember when you like we were in the same space? This is shortly after we first met. We were actually watching Battlestar Galactica together. No, I don't remember that. Sorry. I believe you. That sounds Fine. like something we would do. Yeah. Fine. No, I friends. remember there were some episodes that that uh, we were at Wendy's and uh, yeah, and and then you know somebody got upset because something happened and it was like ah, whoa ah. <laughs> that 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 vaguely describes most viewing experiences of that show with friends. <laughs> I had that happen while watching Doctor Who with other friends. Like <laughs> something happens. Ah, oh, ah. And then somebody freaks out about it. <laughs> well, there you go. Now, my earliest memories of us doing things were it was it was Star Wars. It was the um, Saga Edition. No, it wasn't. It was yeah. It was Saga Edition. No, Revised Core Rulebook. Uh, yeah, Star Wars Revised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Uh, Star Wars Revised. Uh, playing that and um, Wee Bowling. Ah, we did yeah. a lot of Wee Bowling. Yep. Yep. Um, do you remember my birthday? We had the uh, uh, like the rec room or whatever. The, the we rented the rec room. Yeah, and we yeah. had a Big big baseball uh-huh. Wii baseball tournament. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was fun. That was fun. Yeah, but that has uh, nothing to do with the uh, with Stargate. It, it doesn't. It has nothing to do with Stargate. This but it's just kind of fun. This is a Stargate podcast, Zach. Okay. Well, if this is a Stargate podcast, <laughs> let me tell you about the title of this episode in other languages. <laughs> okay. Um, the Italians call it death knell. Okay. Um, the Spanish call it the ring of the dead. Yeah. Okay. Same thing. The Czech death knell. Yeah. Uh, Germans call it, uh, messenger of death. Okay. Oh, yeah. That works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Hungarians call it Noel, hmm. which is, I don't know. Uh, but the French, the French call this like the Germans. Oh. The end of the union. Oh come on! Oh France, France just couldn't just couldn't let it be. No, no they, that's true. They could. They had to one up them. They had to one up Germany. Yeah, and they did, and they did, and yeah, they sure did. All right. Well, that's what I have for trivia. 
Uh, dear listeners, if you have more trivia about this episode, please email us at walkingthroughstruggage at gmail.com. Yes. All right. Are you ready, Brent, for the synopsis of Death Now? Yeah. Let's do All it. All right. Here we go. Previously on Stargate SG-1. Not unlike cats and dogs living together, the Jaffa and Tok'ra time <laughs> in the same place is mass hysteria. Anubis has a new soldier that is really tough, mean, and hard to kill. But yes. there is hope because Jacob Carter thinks that with the Telchex reanimation device, we can solve the problem of these guys that just won't die. And then there is this reanimation. And where is this reanimation device? It's Honduras, of course. Blah, 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 yep. blah. Stuff happens. Blah, blah. <laughs> they get the device. Wait a minute. Is that literally what you wrote? I, I, I added the and stuff happened. Yeah, you did. Wow. Okay. Yes. Okay. Shall I continue? Yes, please. And now. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. We're fine. Uh, I'm not. Major Samantha Carter and Jacob Carter are at the Alpha site working on the prototype of a weapon that would kill Anubis's cull warriors. The first try was only 70% effective, but... The Major is working on the final touches for a new powered MacGuffin that will work better. The two talk, but the Toker Dad is grouchy. Apparently, Selmac doesn't like coffee. Who knew? Alas, their father-daughter time is disrupted when the alarms go off and the Alpha site has been compromised again and is under attack again by the Vile Gould again. Uh, the base commander has ordered an evacuation. Everybody out! Go, go, go! Are you ready? We gotta get going! We gotta hurry! They're co- Okay, the SGC gets word of the attack and sends the MALP to check on things. Unfortunately, the MALP fell over, and and when the the the, the MALP goes through, the the, the the gate fell over, not the MALP. Well, the gate the MALP does fall over. <laughs> the gate fell over, and when the MALP goes through, it just falls and it hits the ground and goes boom. And but but they realize that they can get there, and that the Kawush created a very nice foxhole for the team when they go back. Woohoo! So when SG One minus Carter climbs up the ladder out of the Stargate foxhole. They find themselves in a giant crater. O'Neill, yes, did you realize that O'Neill is in fact the leader of SG-1 and that he's actually in this episode? Amazing. (laughs) Does it say Colonel anywhere on my uniform? (laughs) It was a little touch and go there for a while, but apparently the answer is yes. (laughs) O'Neill figures that the crater was probably the result of the Alpha Site's self-destruct device. Time to search for survivors, especially Samantha. Let's be honest, we're searching especially for Sam, starting with those trees over there. So, SG-3 goes to the trees. Soon, SG-3 discovers several survivors in the woods. Mzell, some rebel Jaffa, Major Green, some other SGC personnel. Lots of them are hurting. No, there's no Major Carter. SG-1 begins their search and discovers the broken chest plate of a cold warrior. Their conclusion? There is likely more cold warriors in the area. Extreme caution is needed. Soon they find Jacob lying on the ground with his leg pinned under a tree. The leg is rather broken. Teal'c muscles that tree off his leg. You go, Teal'c! Rawr! Jacob gives O'Neill the prototype weapon. It's not 100%. Only about 70%, but it's better than nothing. And he warns them that there's another cold warrior that's out there hunting for Sam if she's still alive. And, you know, she's got the special MacGuffin that will fix the gun to make it work better. 
better. Better. Jackson organizes the survivors to stand the gate up and get them to safety at the SGC. O'Neill and Teal'c continue their search for Sam. At the SGC, Jacob informs General Hammond of the situation. Someone leaked the location of the Alpha site. How dare they? And it's Hammond's job to figure out who did it. Hey, look at that. Sam's alive. But she's injured. Very injured. And she's being pursued by the Cold Warrior, which is bad. Mm-hmm. Very bad. She's doing her best to stay ahead of the killing machine that's hunting her. Hammond begins his investigation. He talks with Mzell of the Free Jaffa. Now, Mzell blames the Tok'ra and declares that they have no honor, despite having an operative in Unseen Gulwuld of the Week, Olokan's ranks. The Tok'ra refused to assist in the Jaffa's plan to execute the system lord in order to give the Jaffa under him the opportunity to choose freedom. Yeah! Choose freedom. Of course, just taking out the bad guy doesn't mean that all of those Jaffa will actually choose freedom, but they have the right to choose. Jacob knows nothing of this operative, but Jacob would, because only the High Council of the Tok'ra would be able to send this operative to the high Olukon rank and blah 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 mm-hmm. but since he's on the high council and he didn't know about it clearly it didn't happen however Jacob is not the only Tok'ra around Delek arrives and he's there to represent the Tok'ra in these matters Delek also denies any Tok'ra operative in Olukon's ranks unfortunately the Tok'ra high council is less trusting of Jacob slash Selmak these days Apparently, there was a Tok'ra spy in Olukon's ranks, but Selmak wasn't informed. Why wasn't he informed? Because they knew that if they told him that there was an operative there, that he would insist on telling the people from Earth, and that would just be a no-go for the rest of the High Council. Well, (laughs) on them. Accusations explode! The distrust between the Jaffa and the Tok'ra is beginning to boil over! Cats and dogs living together! Mass hysteria! Both accuse the other of inadvertently leaking information about the Alpha site to Anubis! Jacob lets George know that he will probably never discover where the actual source of the leak came from. The SJC sends an armed, an armed UAV, that is an armed, unmanned aerial vehicle. Uh-huh. to the Alpha site to aid in the search of Major Carter and the elimination of the Cole Warrior. Sam sees it and tries to signal it with some flashy flash from her watch, but the Cole Warrior shoots down the UAV. <laughs> now, noting this, Jack and Teal'c have a more clear direction of where to go in their search, which is good. Carter finds the downed UAV and sets a trap for the Cole Warrior, Lining up a shot with a UAV's missile, all she needs now is the bad guy to show up. And since he's been actively searching for the Major this whole time, he obliges. As he approaches, she fires. The missile explodes. The day is saved thanks to the ingenuity of MacGyver Carter. (laughs) Carter sits down to finally rest. Oh no. In true horror film fashion, the bad guy isn't dead after the first attempt. She should have known. He gets up out of the debris that he had been buried under. Carter is frozen in places the cold warrior bears down on her. But have no fear. 
Tilk is there shooting his big honking gun, distracting the bad guy. Carter is able to take cover, and O'Neill is able to get to the Major. Woohoo! The Yay. day is hey! The, the Cold Warrior returns his attention to the Major because, yes, she's the she's the one he wants. Carter, I need the thing. Uh, yes, that's the thing. As she hands off his uh, as she heads off his monologue, connecting <laughs> the thing with the gun, he turns the, the, the gun with the thing and fires the Cold Warrior. He fires again. And the Cold Warrior collapses to the ground. Dead. Probably. Tilk, is he dead? Yes, he's dead. Okay. <laughs> you sure? Uh, and with the danger past, Carter rests her head on O'Neill's shoulder. Back at the SGC, Delic announces that the Toker will not join the Tyree at the new Alpha site. They must do things their own way. And they can't do that when they're in this big alliance thing. No good. Mzell announces that the Free Jaffa, too, will be going their own separate direction. They need to learn how to be free on their own. The alliance is breaking up. Oh, no! Oh, no. Oh, yes. Samantha is recovering in the infirmary. Jacob is with her. He tells her that he's going to go with the Tok'ra. Hopefully he can smooth over the very ruffled feathers and hold at least a little bit of this alliance together. Maybe, possibly, who knows. The end. The end. So, Brent. Yeah. Death Nip. Mm-hmm. What'd you think? Well, as I was watching it and getting towards the end of it, I was realizing that um, it really is tough to tell a political intrigue story in television. It's tough. Because the vast majority of the time that we spent on screen was with people looking at each other with side eyes in the SGC. Right? And intercut in this was this the word montage popped in my head. That's not right. But you know, but like it was interspersed with what was going on with Sam Carter. And I was understanding why because it's not like the whole episode could be like Samantha Carter running through the woods evading the Cold Warrior. Uh, that would be boring in its own right. <clears throat> uh, I have a, I have ideas on that one. But point is, is that that was, you know, the, it, it wasn't really that. Um, I hesitate to say the word compelling, but that's almost how I felt. Like I was a little bit concerned, but I was like, yeah, but plot armor. There was that piece. And I was a little bit concerned about, like, you know, or I was a little bit interested in how Sam was going to evade this warrior dude because she didn't have the right gun to take him down. Um, and I got a little bit of that, but it was, you know, but it was, it was just kind of, it was just constantly just kind of like, you know, a little bit here. Meanwhile, Sam hides under some bushes or some, 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 downed fronds of I don't know uh twigs and such uh branches there's the word <laughs> the word I'm looking for is branches um and then we go back to you know like you know if anybody would know that there was a spy be me because I'm on the high council yeah are you yeah aren't I so yeah, I mean, I'm going to edit out the big pause there just a second ago, but I'll admit, listeners, that uh, I, I got interrupted and I'm, now I lost my train of thought. Oh, um, you know, like, are you on the high council? No, no, you're really not. You know, like, there are people that kind of want you off. Like, Selmax kind of losing his 
losing his stuff. That I mean, there, there's an awful lot here that's interesting, but there wasn't really a lot that was like driving the story. Um, it was, you know, this episode feels like something that had to happen. There's a lot of information in here. There's a whole lot that's happening for sure, but it does read almost like an encyclopedia entry of the event rather than the feeling, the pressure of the event itself. And then as I was thinking about it afterward, I was imagining like, how could I have liked to see it differently? How could I have liked to see it better? Well, I'm not entirely sure that you can have this political intrigue story and have it told any other way, really. Um, it would have been a tough, tough, slow paced, but you know, hopefully you kind of let it kind of brew. You know, maybe you let, maybe you get a little bit more tension in the room. Um, you know, that, 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 that Tokra Jaffa tension just didn't quite seem really palatable or palpable in this episode. And so that was a little bit like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you all don't like each other. I get it. But like, I, I didn't feel it. Not really. And then the, you know, the disillusion of the, of the, of the Alliance. I got to tell you that when Daniel reacted so strongly, I was like, Hey, chill dude. All they said was that they just needed a minute. Like, <laughs> It doesn't mean that the alliance is broken. It just means that we all like it's not going to be a it's not going to be an everybody living under the same roof type thing. But I trust that the story tells me that the alliance is broken. Therefore, the alliance is broken. It just didn't quite feel quite so powerful about it. So I have all these things here where they don't really feel very powerful. And yet here I am. And the one kind of really like visceral story is told in a total of maybe seven or eight minutes of screen time, maybe. Um, and so I think I would rather have watched an episode that was very much like, um, well, the movie uh, Castaway came to mind. And as I'm thinking about it, I think there was a Stargate episode that was kind of like this, where there was barely any dialogue. It was the one where, where Mayborn and, and um, O'Neill end up on the planet or whatever, and they kind of go crazy yeah. over time. Like there wasn't a lot of dialogue. It was just a ton of stuff happening. And I think that would have been a really interesting story. It's like barely any dialogue. And we just watch Samantha Carter injured, evade this thing. And then like come across the UAV and you know what I mean? Like we could still have the exact same ending. I think it would have been a lot of fun to watch her outthink this thing to stay alive long enough to get rescued. I thought that I think that would have been kind of a cool episode to watch. So we got a little bit of that, but we didn't get a lot of it. And the thing we got a lot of wasn't really all that compelling. And so I'm kind of a meh right now. I feel bad about being a meh because um, there's a lot in here, right? Like tons happened, Mm -hmm. but shrug. So I'm kind of a shrug. What about you? What do you think of this episode? Uh, So... I enjoy this episode, and I think I might actually like it more than you. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not so shrug or meh on the, the political intrigue stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it does, in order for it to work, you do have to remember what has happened before, um, you know, certainly. Uh, and then I suppose make a slight assumption that that things have just really escalated in a not positive yeah. direction. 
okay. uh, which is actually not hard to do based on what we know before and what they tell us in this episode and what we see in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, one, um, when they find survivors, they find Tokra, or they, they find uh, humans from Earth, and they find Jaffa, but they don't find Tokra. Mm-hmm. But there were Tokra on this base. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, already you see wherever they went, if they survived, they didn't go with the rest of the party. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's just a subtle thing that says, hey, whatever's happening is not good. Um, you know, you have uh, Mazelle and Delic who are very clearly both making good points Yeah. Uh, for their side, but they are not listening to each other at all. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, you have one guy saying one thing and the other guy, holy smokes. I mean, they're, they're just not even in the same ballpark. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just lobbing. They're, they're not being vitriolic with their words, which I guess is a good thing. But they're, mm-hmm. they're not, um, you know, they're, they're not communicating with one. Uh, you had Jacob, who had been, uh, since the very beginning of meeting Jacob, uh, this, this mediator, this guy that kind of stood in between and could speak to both sides and and do that. And all of a sudden, now this is new information this episode. He's on the outs that mm-hmm. we've seen. And, and, you know, all the way up to this point, we see Jacob far more than we see Selmak. Whereas for far more of the Gua'uld, we see, mo- or the, not the Gua'uld, the Tok'ra, we see mostly the, the symbiote speaking and far less often the actual human. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, for for Jacob, it's been almost exclusively Jacob this whole time. And right. so this question is, you know, who do you think you're talking to? Well, that's a good question. Am I talking to just a human from Earth, or am I talking to a you know greatest among us Tokra? Um, and of course, Selmek pops in there and says, "Look, you know, I'm I'm in this with you know we're a lockstep on this, um, which is just kind of an interesting spot." Um, uh, Delic's response to humans from Earth is disturbing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's like, um, you know, these humans from Earth haven't been trounced down in their will for the last thousand plus years. And basically, he's, he's implying that those guys, those humans from Earth make bad hosts because they have too much will. Yeah. Which... Which is a very disturbing throwaway line, mm-hmm. um, but it also fits a lot of what we've seen. We've seen this kind of disdain um, for things. Um, on the flip side, though, uh, they have a reason to be kind of frustrated with the people from Earth because uh, attrition is a very real thing for the Tok'ra. Yeah. Uh, and in, in a way that it is not so with humans from Earth or anywhere else, mm-hmm. or Jaffa, uh, which is mentioned in this. Um, you know, so when, when, when you place this episode on top of all of the stuff that has been built up to this point, uh, for me, I feel the tension. Uh, I see there that, that this, is, this is that breaking point um, that is happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and well, okay, I can hear. I I can concede the point that Daniel gets a little bit heated there at the end. Um, but you know, I mean, the the Tokra at least are implying that they want out of the alliance. 
because we want to go our own separate way. We don't want to share a space with you, and we don't want to tell you where our operatives are or aren't. Mm-hmm. And if we stay together, you would insist on that. And and Hammonds is like, you're darn tootin' we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that's breaking up. Uh, the I mean, th- th- that's not just like, hey, let's, let's take a break. That's a, nope, I'm out kind of relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, now the the Jaffa, this this makes total sense here, um, that you know Mazel is the leader of the the Jaffa is like look, if we are going to be able to stand with you as allies and not just people you know soldiers underneath you, we've got to figure out how to stand up on our own without you to figure mm-hmm. out our own way of doing this, things to figure out our own processes of this because we're brand new at this. Um, and you know you can make an argument, I suppose, as to whether or not that's a good idea. Uh, but it's an idea that makes sense, mm-hmm. and you know it would be this type of thing that would let it hit the fan uh, to give them the the courage and the strength to to make that bold statement, uh, which is you know fascinating to me. Um, and I think the acting and the shooting, the the camera work is while it is a bunch of heads. You know, let me let me look at your head, and now let me look at your head, mm-hmm. and now let me look at your head again. Mm-hmm. Now let me look at your head again. I mean, you know, but that's also television uh, yeah. to some degree. Um, but I, I think that that it, it fits together. You got strong acting performances. Um, it moves the story along um, with uh, you know. We haven't even talked about the, the Sam thing, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it moves the story along. I, I think it it's it's strong. It works. Um, and I didn't experience in this episode things that I have experienced in the past with a lot of Damien Kindler's scripts, where something happens because we need it to happen, and so therefore it happened. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in this episode, lots of things happen. We needed them to happen, but... They happened because it made sense for them to happen based on everything else that has come before, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is a much stronger way of of, of uh, doing the storyline, and it's much less lazy writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I appreciate that. Um, now with the the Sam Carter thing, um, you know, in a lot of ways, this is a Sam episode, and Sam's not in much of this episode, which is yeah. fascinating. I mean, I guess. I mean, Sam's the MacGuffin in this one. Okay, I mean, say not, more. So, S- Samantha Carter's absence, the rescue of Samantha Carter is something that comes up over and over and over again. Lots of people say, keep talking about it and do things about it. But like, but it's, it's, it's talking about her. I mean, it, so this is a weird way to say it. It's talking about her like she's not in the room. Guess what? She wasn't. She was in the forest. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but, um, like, for it being a Sam heavy episode, I would want more Sam, right? I don't want to talk about Sam. I want to see Sam. I guess it's a little more like showing versus telling. I guess that's kind of it, right? We're talking about Sam and we're talking about her plight and we're talking about rescuing her and we're talking about figuring out how we're going to do that. And we're doing things. It's true we are doing things, but um, you know, when we it, when we cut back to her, it's 
sparse. It's really sparse. So maybe this isn't so much a Sam episode as an episode um, where Sam is the linchpin. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, this episode takes shape because of what Sam is doing and where Sam is. Mm-hmm. Uh, or or preci- more precisely, where Sam is not. She is not with us. And we have to go get her. Yeah. So I guess in that regard, I could see where you could call her the MacGuffin. Um, but, Which is unfortunate. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't like that. Right. Uh, I'd rather a second I, episode. I. I don't. I would personally not uh, call her the MacGuffin in this episode, right. but I could see where you could uh, perceive it such. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, we have a story of Sam who is running away. And you have the story of um, Jack and and Teal'c who are trying to find her. Um, And, Mm -hmm. you know, in in very appropriate, especially TV storyline, all of things line up properly at the the moment. um, And they're able to save the day, um, which worked. Yeah. Um, you know, and I the mean, save the day, the save the day worked out. I mean, like it didn't seem implausible at all. There was the, 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 the clues were happening in such a way that made me go, yeah, that makes sense. And sure, in television fashion, ta-da, everyone's in the right spot at the right time. But it wasn't like, wait a minute, how did they know to go there? Like, you know what I mean? Like it, it, uh-huh. it, it lined up. Yeah. So I, for me, um, the pieces in this episode line up. They they work well. We got to see the Cole Warrior again. Yeah. Um. And two things happen. One, the Cole Warrior is still just as dangerous as we saw him before. Although sometimes his accuracy is to be questioned. Hilariously bad. Um. But you know, okay, fine. Um. He's taking you know. He's shooting from his from the, wrist. I can't imagine that's accurate at all. Probably not. Um. You know the. the in, in terms of, you know, gun operation, my understanding is that the gun as it is is actually designed so that it is the most accurate way of doing it. Mm-hmm. And shooting from your wrist is not really that well. Um, but he does shoot a lot, so maybe it doesn't matter if he's less accurate if he just eventually hits. <laughs> he just keeps spraying it. Just, 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 just blow those energy bolts everywhere. Yep. Um, so, you know, we do see the Cold Warrior... Uh, who is still just as dangerous as before, um, uh, just as threatening as before. But now we have something that that uh, gives us a at least a fighting shot yes. at this guy. Although yes. we still have just the one prototype. So last time I checked, there were thousands of cult warriors. Yeah. So uh, we're still in trouble, but maybe there's some silver lining. We'll see. We'll see. Um, you know, so I mean, all the pieces just kind of for me fit well together, uh, and I like it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, but, good. I, I'm. I'm wondering if. Um, you know, I'm, I'm wondering if I should try to take a a, a a a look at it differently somehow. Like as I'm thinking about the episode, if I should try to like look at it from this lens. Okay. One lens that I do appreciate is learning that that Amanda Tapping was shooting three very different episodes at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like. <laughs> that that makes me appreciate her acting quite a lot quite a lot yes yes that sounds pretty tough um and while 
I mean, how best to say it? It's like, uh, she had to look pained and exhausted in this episode. And so I don't know one way or the other if that is a particularly challenging thing to do as an actor, especially if you might be exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, she might have just been like able to just feel her feelings. And then again, you know, it's like, okay, we're going to get you made up that you look like you're wounded. And I just need you to just think about this week you've had. (sighs) Uh, But still, though, I mean, like like her, her, her work for those episodes uh, all happening in the same time frame. That's that's stunningly great. Um, so that's good. But you know, I mean, like as is the case, I I call them likes, I seize them, and I and I call it usually how I felt after watching the episode. And after that, after the episode, I was like, yeah, okay. And in you know, and thanks for bringing back up the weapon because I kind of forgot about it, which is weird because it was like a major part of the whole thing. Um. But that's another big giant piece of information, right? So we've got a lot happening in this episode. We got a weapon that can uh, effectively beat these things back, which is good, but we don't have much of it, which is bad. Right. We have a broken apart alliance where the Tok'ra are like, I'm seriously O-U-T out, which is a bummer. And we got the Jaffa, which are like, yeah, we're also kind of out, but we're going to figure out our thing. And that one feels a little bit more connected than the Tok'ra as in, yeah, they got to figure out their own thing, but they're not saying that they won't cooperate with us. They're just like, no, 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 we got to do our thing here. Um, so there's that. Uh, let's see what else. Selmak, Selmak and Jacob not being necessarily trusted in the Tok'ra politics for much longer. That's a mm-hmm. big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, him going away for a while. Like that's interesting. He's trying to go to bend some fences. So what's that going to manifest as, right? Um, yeah, there was a lot. This this episode was a busy, busy episode as far as that was concerned. And yet it felt plotting <laughs> to me. So, it kind of so plotted here, along. Here's a, an, another little tidbit that that uh, um, at this point in time in filming, mm-hmm. uh, they did not yet know that they were coming back for a season eight. Really? They they greenlit Atlantis three months, four months prior. Sure. The The, the plan at this point in time was to finish up season seven, do uh-huh. a movie. Yeah. Um, and that movie would uh, springboard Atlantis, and Atlantis would take off. That was the okay. original plan. Gotcha. Um, and at this episode... At this point in time in filming, um, they did not yet know with certainty that they were coming back for season eight. So I got to tell you, at first it was charming that like, oh, yeah, remember at this point they thought they were going to get canceled. Um, Like, is this normal for television shows to get this far into their season without knowing that they got renewed? I don't know. Because this is getting a little old. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, okie dokie, let's wrap some things up and set it up for a big old show. To, oh, wait a minute, we get more. Like, that's happened three times so far. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure that this is the last time that happens for SG-1 until they are actually 
you know, gotcha. canceled. Gotcha. Um, so, so we're that, not quite at the height of SG-1's power. No, not quite. We're getting yeah, close. Because presumably, close. right, because presumably, like, you know, midway through one of the seasons, the ratings are all just through the chart, through the through the roof, and the execs go, you know what we need? We need more of this. So I guess that's still in our future yet. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm pretty sure that once they get to season eight, um, and then going into season nine, they, they knew... Uh, pretty sure that they knew for a fairly lengthy period of time that they were coming back for a season nine. Yeah. Um, and then I'm certain that season nine into season ten they knew that they were coming back because they gave ourselves a cliffhanger. So, uh, but keep in mind, you know, how many shows end with a cliffhanger and then don't come back to finish? Sure. Sure. So you know, uh, you know, the idea of not knowing whether you were coming back or not even late in the game is not ridiculous. I suppose so. And maybe I'm uh maybe I'm spoiled with uh all these current television shows that like a week before their first episode airs they already get renewed for another one. Well, <laughs> like, there's something to that. Uh, uh, that that one blows my mind. Like Although how but that happened that also happened to to SG1, right? Mm-hmm. Uh they basically well maybe not quite a week before, but but before that first season finished they had already been renewed for like four seasons. Um, oh, I guess I didn't quite appreciate that. Well, you know, I mean, before the season one of SG One ended, yeah, they knew that they were going to be on for at least uh, at least three more, at least two more, if not yeah. three. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it didn't take long before it got up to that five. You know, we'll yeah. give you up to five seasons. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, Showtime says no more. Yep. And then they look at closing, but then sci-fi picks them up, and then yep. you get all that. Keep in yep. mind, sci-fi is weird at this point in time, and um, they've always been weird. What? <laughs> they've always been weird. Fair enough. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, this is still relatively early in the process yeah. of sci-fi. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so they're trying to figure things out. Um, it says, well, what can we do? What can't we do? What do we need to do? What do we have to have for new content? Blah, blah, blah. Right, right. Yep. Well, Brent. Yeah. Anything else you have to say about this episode before we talk about chevrons? I think, I think I said all I needed to say. All right. Well, then, based on everything that you saw and have said, how many chevrons will you give Death Now? I am impressed with Amanda Tapping's uh, stamina and versatility through three very different episodes. I am interested in a lot of the information that was given. Um, and the acting was good and the director did, you know, like it was the, it all this, all the standard compliments, but, uh, I think that's about it as far as the goodness is concerned. So it's not a bad episode, but I didn't really feel like I was being driven in this episode there was the story was important yet it like i said i felt like i was reading an encyclopedia article about an important event mm-hmm. so i'm going to give this one a four out of seven um there's a lot of stuff in here that's important and i know it but i really wish that i had been told this information differently um sure. and so for me four out of seven what about you uh i'm actually you know as i said i like this episode more than you yeah um i i don't feel quite so much that I was told what happened instead of all that stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it resonates with me. I'm going to give it a six. Yeah, sure. Um, because it, it, I mean, A, I like the episode. I think it's a good episode. Uh, B, it does do a good job of continuing the storyline. Um, and that is usually good for, for at least a half Chevron bump. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I'll give it six. Very good. All right. Uh, what do we got on the Twitters? We have... We have things on the Twitters because I'm loading up the Twitters right now and I'm confident. Right. There, hey, there are things. There are many things. Hold on. But okay. I got to get it. So like the Twitters are it's the Twitters are tricky because you pull up the little alerts and it doesn't necessarily display the right things and blah, 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 blah. So let me just go here. Okay, here we go. All right. So we have, of course, Kevin. Hello, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. He says, hi, Brent. Hi, Zach. Look at you guys, recording early and not telling your producer. Sneaky, sneaky. I predict you will like this episode and have good things to say. I did have a lot to say this week as well, but not as much as last week. So I guess I'll head on over to Facebook. He's got a, he's got a, he's got, he's got an animated GIF here of an old Connect Four commercial. Pretty sneaky, sis. <laughs> and the brother loses. Ah, and then we have a second one here. We got Jacob. Hi, Hi Jacob. Jacob. Jacob thinks I'm going to give it a six. So not quite. And he thinks you're going to give it a seven. Oh. Yeah. So pretty bold, but uh, not quite, not quite, not quite there. Wasn't quite feeling it for me there. And Zach was a little bit under that. But that's that's what we got on the Twitters. Awesome. All right. Uh, well, on the Facebooks, mm-hmm. uh, we'll start off with Sean. Hi, Sean. Sean says, the Tok'ra are without honor, says every Klingon ever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he continues, I liked the suspense scene with the Cold Warrior sneaking up on Sam. Uh, oh, wait, it's not Sam. Okay. Uh, also, that log is fully invulnerable to his weapon fire. Oh, boy. That was really funny. Um, when Hammond was questioning the Tok'ra operative, I uh, would have liked Hammond to ask uh, to speak to the host for his opinion, too. Makes sense. Uh, mm-hmm. Sam-focused B story. She's getting a lot of attention this season. Decent enough A story and sets up future events nicely. Five from ben- Brent and five and a half close. from Zach because also of something. Close. Yeah. Very close. A little bit high on the Brent and a little bit low on the Zach. That's right. All right. Next we have Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Kevin says, hi, Zach. Hi, Brent. Super soldiers, Jaffa and Tok'ra mistrust. New fun tech. This episode has it all. A fun episode that has lots of focus on Carter and how much of a badass she is when she's Mm -hmm. seriously outgunned. Also, a nice setup for some future stuff. But... I did notice a few things that seem worth mentioning. One, Jacob gave up coffee for Selmac. I mean, <laughs> sure, he doesn't get sick, has accelerated healing and prolonged life, but giving up coffee? I don't think I could do that. <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> oh, yeah. Number two, dialing the gate manual while it's horizontal is yeah. bad enough. Yeah. Dialing the gate while it's face down, yeah. especially while they could be under enemy fire, would be nearly impossible. Well, yeah, and staying out yep. of the kawoosh as a result. Yeah, that was that was gutsy. That was a gutsy that, call. You know, well, the, the implication in all of that is that uh, they weren't getting off that alpha site if they couldn't fix the gate. Yeah, that's true. Um, 
Number three, the Jaffa leader in this episode, he played the hologram of Thor all the way back in Thor's hammer and Thor's chariot. Thor's hammer. Thor's chariot. (laughs) Number four, how the heck did Carter get to the UAV before the super soldier? Sam is injured and tired and had to remain hidden in trees. And the super soldier had a direct path to the UAV after shooting it down. There are some things that are not worth talking about, Kevin. And this <laughs> is one of them. I just took it that the super soldier was really more interested in uh, in Samantha than the UAV. It's also possible that the the terrain was such that this, the, the UAV came down simply closer to where Carter was. It's true. That's it not unreasonable. Number five, it sure was nice of the super soldier to stand right in front of the missile so Carter could pull it up. <laughs> Get a nice, nice clean. Yeah, little, little to the left, a <laughs> little more. Perfect. Uh, he has then a, uh, 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 an aside here. Too bad it wasn't Pete in front of that missile. Ha! That would have made the episode even better. Especially if Carter did it. Ooh! Oh, ouch! Burn. Ouch! Sick burn. Number six. Carter should be smart enough to know not to sit down on the pile of rocks where one of the deadliest opponents you've ever faced stood moments earlier, especially when she knows how tough they are. Did she really need to sit right there? I think she was just simply tired. She was very tired. That new weapon looks an awful lot like the TERs that lets us see cloaked yeah, enemies. Yeah. Yes, that was yeah, its base, and they've uh, adapted it. They <laughs> changed it up. <laughs> Maybe they literally took the old one and was like, you know what, if we put this uh, this immortal cube on it, oh, look, it shoots bolts now. You know, it was a very nice prop, and they thought, <laughs> let's use that one. It let's looks use it cool. again. It's been a long time since we used this prop. Number eight. While Carter is resting at the end, O'Neill could have at least mentioned that her father is still alive. Why did he not tell her while they were resting there? Tilk wasn't even paying attention to her. He was more interested in watching the super soldier corpse than checking in on his friend. Why is nobody telling Carter that his that her dad is okay? I I don't have an answer. Uh well A, Tilk was told to watch the Super Soldier corpse, so he was doing what he was told. And, you know, sometimes what matters is just um, recovering. Um, you know, there, there are times when some information's important to tell, but not important right now because of other things. That's all I got, Kevin. It may That's or may not be a good thing, but anyway. <laughs> all right, he continues. Mm-hmm. All in all, I really like this episode and think we will get sixes from you both. Oh. But I'll say a total of 12 because that worked last like worked last week, and I think somehow I was the only person who guessed the score correctly because Brent loves to go be an agent of chaos. Can't wait to see what happens with no. next week's episode. Uh, very close, though. Our total was 10. It, it was. But yes. he, he was guessing sixes all around. Right. So you failed to meet yeah. his expectations. Yeah, well. You've got to do better next time, Brent. Maybe give me a better episode. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Brent, I predict you will have good things. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, blah, 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 blah. You're blah. Oh, I see. I was about to say that you're blahing over the best part. but uh, I am not. <laughs> um. Let's see here. Okay. 
Okay, Tim. Hi, Tim. I like this one a lot, he says. The story on the off-world planet sometimes seems rushed, but it is able to give some life and death personal stakes, some life and death personal stakes that parallels nicely against the galactic political stakes being worked out on Earth. Mm-hmm. I also really like that no single group is right or wrong. The Tok'ra are tools like normal, uh, but when they are dropping like flies with no way to gain numbers again, their position isn't entirely without merit. Mm-hmm. And the way the Carter-Carter relationship has developed over the years has been great. And I think we get to see Carmen and Amanda play that up even more in this episode. Mm-hmm. For me, I will give it a six. I think Zach will give it a six as well. And Brent will give it a five. Very close, Very, Tim. very close indeed. Yeah, that's right. Very close. Um, Rowan is next. Hi, Rowan. Rowan says... We return to the scenic Pacific Northwest gravel quarry where, oh, this isn't the same gravel quarry. Are you sure? It looks pretty similar. Well, anyway, global attack. Oh, no. Oh, no. Sam is missing, alone and injured. She must play a deadly game of goth puppy and mouse for survival. <laughs> Fortunately, Sam is resourceful. She rigs a rocket from a damaged drone and waits for the cold warrior to conveniently stand directly in its path. The rocket is ineffective, but Jack and Teal come to her rescue at the last second, and she shares a tender moment with Jack. Hey, Sam, what about that awesome new boyfriend? We're just yeah. not going to mention was, him at all in this episode, huh? Yeah, uh, I was I was just choosing. I was just I was just like, nope, she's 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 putting her shoulder on a friend. That's what's happening here. So that's all it's So, um Amanda tapping actually kind of had some questions about that as well, mm-hmm. and eventually worked through it and says, "You know what? It's she has been through an ordeal, right? Well, this has yes. been a terrible ordeal, and she is now finally in a place where that that fight or flight reflex uh, can can diminish. The adrenaline can slow down. You know, the the manic qualities can diminish, and she can just say." Oh, and rest with a friend, mm-hmm. and that's how she took it, and that's and that's actually what uh, Deloise was going for when he wrote this. Uh, you know, because in wartime, what he was seeing and and such is that uh, you know, if colleagues and friends, uh, gender regard regardless of gender, yep. uh, you know, get to a point where where they get to this rest moment and they just lean on each other. And that's that's what he was going for. So this yep. is not a shipping moment for Jack and oh and Carter. Anyway, uh, Rowan continue. Uh, we're not just going to mention him at all in this episode, huh? Uh, talking about uh, Pete, <laughs> uh, I'm okay with that. They continue. Meanwhile, the Tokra Jaffa Tauri Alliance is on the rocks, so it might be a while before Sam gets a chance to introduce Dad to Pistol Pete. Oh man. <laughs> This is an important arc episode with some good dramatic and character moments. So let's say six from Brent and a five from Zach. Yeah. This episode has an IMDb rating of 7.9, which is a four and a half chevrons uh, in the conversion. Yeah. Putting it in the top half of Stargate episodes. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm more grumpy than that. So. Well, it's it's late. You know, if if we were doing this tomorrow, you would be. This is this is true. I guess I guess that's probably true. Uh, uh, we have Jen. Hi, Jen. Jen says, 
Hey guys, this season is the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, I really love this episode. I've always loved the Sam Jacob dynamic, and I really enjoy the uh, Jacob Selmak as a character on screen. So sad that Carmen's gone. Uh, yeah, you you heard that Carmen Argenziano has passed away. Yes. That, that, that was yes. quite a number of years. That's a while ago. Yes. Um, there is a whole lot of story advancement in this episode, and which is not only created by exposure, but also by giving the advancement much-needed space on screen. I mean, we have a functioning weapon against the super soldiers with their plastic-feel-like armor. Uh, there is a significant rift in the alliance between Earth, Jaffa, and Tok'ra, and the overall tension just seems to rise. I'm very happy with the A-plot. I also love the B-plot with Sam's flight and fight against the super soldier because it is not often that we get to see her military training so out in the open. There is also a really good article in the companion app about Death Knell and Sam. I'll share, if possible, on Discord. Yes. So I she did, did share that. that, so go there yeah. and check it out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Amanda was filming, at that time, three to four episodes at the same time, such as Dialogue Heavy Grace and the upcoming episodes. Uh, so the writers reduced her dialogue, which only led to a rise in the overall tension during her scenes as she was trying to be as quiet as possible to escape the super soldier. Yeah. I could go on and on. I really appreciate that we got this episode as an interlude, etc., uh, etc. Et Overall, this episode gets seven chevrons from me, simply because it wow, has always nice. kept me on the edge of the seat and that very relevant story advancement for Brent and Zach. I hope they both enjoy the episode as well and take a leap of faith over those tiny plot holes. So I'll go with sixes all around because ah. I'm feeling really positive today. Well, good. I'm glad you're feeling positive. Uh, Jen continues. This is not for the... Okay. Um, do, 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 do. All right. We'll, keep, we'll pass those on. All right. Justin says... Hi, Justin. Whomever announced Anubis's attack needed coffee worse than Jacob. Once more, with feeling. <laughs> Why did I use the Lost in the Woods parody already? Why did I use the Lost in the Woods parody uh, already? There it is. Yeah, yeah. This would have been great for Carter and the drone going all low rent, Predator in the jungle. It was shot beautifully, especially <laughs> because there is a delightfully dangerous yet dumb quality to the drones. Yeah. And, they're worst and they are worse conversationalists than me. Are they trying to <laughs> introduce another sexy Tok'ra? That shady hunk could blow up my alpha site any day. Okay. Wow. I'm just glad Hammond got custody of Carter in the divorce. Oh, boy. I'm going to guess a seven from Brent. Oh, gosh. And a six and a half for Zach. Yeah. Close on that one. There you go. Yeah. Uh, And now we have some emails. Yes. There's Lydia Ann. Hi, Lydia Ann. Betrayal, political intrigue, alliances strain as the Tolkien return to their isolationist ways and the rebel Jaffa leave to learn self-reliance. Sam is alone and injured on the job, again. After stalker Pete last week, what more is she going to have to deal with? Ever the survivor, she becomes one of the few who lives to tell the tale of her encounter with the Cold Warrior, mm -hmm. a.k.a. Death's Messenger. Mm. I like that. The German title for the episode is fantastic, 
referencing both Anubis's position in the Egyptian pantheon and a German fairy tale with roots in the 14th century. The Boten des Todes, Death's Messengers, has death personified as Grim Reaper, and the Death's Messengers are illness and aging. Oh. Popular during the plague, the moral of the story was the need to live as though death could happen at any moment, and as a Christian to be prepared for death. The Grimm brothers dropped the theological implications, but I think that recognizing one's mortality is central in the decision-making process for many in this episode. Mm-hmm. Well, that gives us a lot more to chew on. Yeah, no kidding. The part taking place at the SGC is all exposition, important stuff, blah, 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 but all talking. No, I, I added the blah, blah, blah. So it's just important stuff, but all talk. All the emotional tension and most of the conflict escalation happens when we're at the Alpha site, leaving the episode a little unbalanced. Mm-hmm. She predicts five from Brent and five and a half from Zach. Close. Very close. Moving on, we have Dan. Hi, Dan. Didn't we just have a Carter-centric episode that last week and like yes. two episodes before that? I mean, yes. I know the writers and producers had a lot of character catching up to do, writing wrongs, etc. But geez, lessons to be learned. Number one, <laughs> Jack, I don't think jumping off a brig is, bridge is necessarily the best way to go unless you need to go down. Here's a thought. Have you tried crossing the bridge to get to the other side? You know, like a chicken? <laughs> Who you calling chicken? Number two. Apparently, I'm a Tok'ra because I don't like coffee either. Ah, okay. Number three. Okay, just to clarify, we know that Selmac doesn't like coffee, but we don't know necessarily if all Tok'ra don't like coffee. This is true. All right, number three. For someone as smart as Sam is, you'd think she'd know the difference between drone and between done and not finished. <laughs> Slightly different. Very subtle. It's a very subtle difference. Ah, uh, yes. Well, you know. Sometimes you're going for the done and not finished. Yeah, um, I mean, like, you know, like, like, like turkey. Number four. It seems, whether it's in a belly or in your head, having a gold makes people into drama queens, man. <laughs> Possibly. I'm going with a five and a half because, once again, we have movement to the overall story arc and a lot of it at that. There's serious-ish implications with the loss of the three-way alliance. Uh, we still have the alliance with the Tok'ra and the alliance with the Free Jaffa, just not everyone working together. I'm calling a five from Zack and a six from Brent. Sort of close, flip us around. Yes. Yep. Um, yep, okay. And then finally, we have David. Hi, David. Short Chevron encoding bias buffer. Oh. So last week okay. was something, wasn't it? Yeah. To make up for it, this will be short. Ah, okay. Great episode. <laughs> six Chevrons from Brent and six Chevrons from Zach. Oh, okay. There you go. That's it. That was oh, it? David has. <laughs> Thanks, David. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, well, some of you got me right. A lot of you got my prediction, my, my Chevrons correct. And a lot of you did not get Brent's correct. Wait a minute, but da but David, you you gave it six, right? He said I gave it six, and you gave it six. Oh yeah, but I thought you said none of them got you right. Whatever. No, I My said brain is many people got me right. Oh, I see. Okay, wow, I was way off. Okay. I mean, at least that's what I meant. It's. It, I, <laughs> Uh, I'll be honest. Sometimes the word that comes out of my mouth are not always the words that I mean to say. <laughs> uh, anyway, 
Anyway. Thanks, everybody. Okay. That was good. So, Brent. Yeah. The next episode mm-hmm. uh, is a two-part episode. We're going to watch both episodes together. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's called Heroes, part mm-hmm. one and two. Part two continues the story from part one. Uh-huh. Good, good, good. So I ask you, what is Heroes about? Gotcha. All right. Next time on Stargate SG-1, the SG-1 team travel through the gate to find themselves in a strange world. This world seems to be very metropolitan, very busy, and they immediately find themselves thrust into the middle of city life. They're used to city life for the most part. It's just like country life, only faster, and with more people, and with less trees, and with more buildings, and with more smog, and with no smog, because that's the wrong Wrong, wrong, wrong book. Anyway. Uh, so, so there's more smog, but no smog. smog. That's right. That's right. Got it. Got it. Exactly. All right. Please continue. Now they find themselves hungry because that's normal. And instead of going for their MREs, which let's be honest, taste like junk. They notice that, hey, there's a bunch of restaurants around here because it's a city. And they go and they say, but wait a minute. How can we pay for this thing? And then somebody says, oh, you guys must be new here. Uh... I'm nice. Here, have some cash for some for some food. And they're like, sweet. So they go into the shop. And the guy says behind the counter, he goes, what can I make for you? And Daniel Jackson, ever the adventurous eater, goes up and says, I don't know what's good here. And the guy behind the counter looks at him and goes, oh, you're one of those guys. Okay, fine. How about I just make you a sandwich? And they're like, sandwich? We have sandwiches back at our place. And the guy across the counter is like, yeah. That's because they're sam. Okay, never mind. So he's making the sandwich and he's putting all the stuff on there and it's delicious. And it's got the meats and the cheeses and it's got the lettuce all shredded and it's got the pickles on it and it's got the tomato all nice and thin. It's got the, and he puts the special sauce on there thing and puts it together, cuts it in half and hands it over. And they go, This is amazing. This looks just like a sub sandwich at home. And he goes, Yeah, we call them heroes. <laughs> Join us next time on. Stargate SG-1, when Brent actually had something to eat before recording and he's not starving to death and thinking about sandwiches. Heroes. What do you think? Think well, we're going to have a buffet here? Or, uh... Well, um, I'm sure that there's food happening in this episode <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> Shall we watch the promo? Yeah, maybe in the commissary. Yeah, I'm ready to go. All right. I am hitting play now. Next time. On a special two-part Stargate SG-1, the time has come for the truth. No one around here wants to be part of your little reality show. The President of the United States invited me to do this. Might be prejudicial to Air Force personnel. Why don't you call me Emmett? Colonel, you know, I'm going to get you on camera sooner or later, even if all I get is a series of shots of you avoiding being caught. I hope shots of my ass are Uh-huh, uh-huh. And this is about truth. It's all about political posture. Man, you really grilled me on that. Oh, there. How many Java? I don't know. Five, ten, hundred, what? Colonel Dixon counted six. They were able to fend them off. They're holding the position, protecting wells. Did the Joppa come through the gate? No, no, they had to come by ship. SG-3 was coming. The gate's clear? Half of SG-3 was still there when I left. Take SG-5 and 7 and Dr. Frazier. Thank you, sir. What happened? It's all next time on a very special Stargate SG-1. Leave me alone and shut that damn thing off! This is, the, this is the one! This is the one where I get to see that scene! Okay! Yes! Alright! 
I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. Okay. Yes. Looking forward. Uh, looking forward to that one. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. All right. So, um, yes, this episode of Heroes <laughs> is coming up. A special thank you to David for putting the thank promos you, together. <laughs> Uh, thank you all for listening to the podcast. If you have any other comments about this and anything else that's happened, do that by emailing us at Walking Through the Stargate. Go to the Twitters, the Facebooks, the Discords, all of that fun stuff. Bring it on home, Zach. Bring it on I'm, home. Uh, you know, I am hungry. And yeah, me too. I get food very soon. So I'm going to say, see you next time. Wait, wait, Bye. wait, 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 wait. <laughs> You want to try that again? You want to leave it like that? <laughs> this is walking through the Stargate. See you next time. Okay, for real. Bye now. For real. Bye. Bye. Okay. Bye. It up. Get okay. Bye. Home. <laughs> oh, God.